Welcome to the Grace Community Baptist Church Podcast. Following Jesus together is our motto. That is why we are proud to present Pastor Brandon Bullock online for all to enjoy. chapter 1 as we continue our, our study here. I'm going to pick up in verse number 15. I'd like to read uh, down a little ways before we get started. John chapter 1 verse number 15. And I'd like to read down to, uh, let's go to verse number 18 uh, just to get us started this morning. John chapter 1 verse number 15 uh, where the Bible says, Now John bare witness of him and cried saying, This was he of whom I spake, he that cometh after me is preferred before me, uh, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received in grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth uh, came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. And this is the record uh, of John uh, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who art thou? Uh, and he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Uh, then said they unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for your perfect word. And Lord, thank you that, 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 that your word is true, it's, it's living, it's active, it's powerful. Lord, thank you uh, for this opportunity that we have to open your word together this morning. Father, I ask that as we open your word, Lord, it's my prayer that, that you would open your word unto us, Lord, that, that you would be our teacher, and Lord, that your spirit would be our guide. It is you uh, that we're longing for. It's you that we need to hear from this morning. So Lord, I just ask that, that, that your word would speak, uh, Lord, loud and clear to each heart, each life here this morning. I thank you, Father, for this great privilege that you've given me uh, to minister your word. Lord, I confess this morning that, that I am so unfit for this task, Lord. I am I'm so weak, so broken, so frail. 
Lord, I just ask this morning that you would help me, that you would use me in spite of me, that you would give me your Spirit's fullness and power. Uh, Lord, uh, that I may minister your word to your people uh, in a way that would please you, a way that would lift you up, in a way that would encourage hearts and lives. Lord, I just pray this morning that you would love and minister through me. And Lord, that your name would be glorified in everything that we say and do. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you're going to do in our hearts and lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Here in, in John chapter 1, and, and we've, we've kind of been walking through this chapter over the last couple weeks now, and and we find John painting for us a picture of, of who Jesus is. All right? I remember we read in John chapter 20 in verse number, I believe it was verse number 31, that the, the entire purpose that John wrote this book was so that we would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing might have life, right? That is why John wrote this book. And so now here in the first chapter of this book, he is he is painting for us a picture of who Jesus is. How many of you have ever, ever watched an artist paint a picture? The only one I can really think of is, I think he is every now and again, he was on PBS, and the guy that would paint all the happy trees, remember that guy? Is that his name? Um, every time a painter is painting a picture, with every stroke of the brush, with every, with, with, with every detail that is added, you, you find out more about what that painter is painting, right? You get more depth, more detail, more insight uh, into what is in that artist's mind and what he's trying to convey upon that canvas. I find here the the very same thing as we study through the book of John. uh, That is exactly what John is doing. Remember, he's out to to show us who Jesus is, and that is the Christ, the Son of God. And and here in chapter 1, he kind of gives us an outline of, of Christ being the Son of God. And as we continue to unfold this study... Uh, we'll, we'll see with every verse, with every phrase, with every word, with every chapter that John begins to add uh, more depth, more detail, uh, more insight into who Jesus is. John picks up right with that very same thought as we look into our study. If you look at verse number 16, uh, he, he begins again to tell us who Jesus is. Verse number 16, it says, And of his fullness have already we received, and grace for grace. We've kind of looked at this question uh, at a, from a couple different angles over the last couple weeks. Who is Jesus? You find in verse number 1 that, 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 that John declares clearly that Jesus is God. You find in verse number 3, you find that Jesus uh, is the one by which God created everything that is, and that there nothing exists without Jesus Christ. He is the giver of life. He is the giver of light. We talked about how in the book of Colossians, how, how the Bible teaches us that Jesus is not only the creator of everything, but he's the one that holds everything together, right? He's the one that keeps everything from falling apart. He's the one that keeps all of these, these planets and suns and moons and stars from crashing into each other. And he's the one that holds us together too. He is the sustainer of everything. He's painting this picture of who Jesus is, and, and, and he, he wraps this up, and, and he makes this statement that we have all received of his fullness, verse 16, and grace for grace. So who is 
Jesus, as, as we complete this outline of, uh, of who Jesus is, and as we, again, go into the following chapters, and John fills in the details, who is Jesus? Jesus is the fullness of God in human flesh. That is who Jesus is. He is the fullness of God in human flesh. Look with me at verse number 14 of this chapter uh, where, where, where John writes, And the Word uh, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Jump up to verse number 1 again with me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made uh, that was made, and him was life, and the life was the light of men. You get the picture that John's painting here? Jesus is the fullness of God in human flesh. He came to be Emmanuel, God with us. Look on over at Hebrews chapter 1 with me, continuing this thought that, that, that Jesus is the fullness of God in human flesh, look at verse number 1 of Hebrews 1 where, where, where the Bible says, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken unto us by whom? By his Son, yeah. Whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he, had made, when, he, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is God in human flesh. He is all of the fullness of God in human flesh. John is making a, a great effort to, 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 to paint this picture. He wants us to get this before he continues on through, through his book. He says, Jesus is God in human flesh. Look at Colossians chapter 1 with me. Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 19, and you cannot get any more clear uh, than this. Many will say that Jesus was a good man. Many will say that he was a good teacher. Some will even say that he was a prophet. But the Bible teaches that Jesus is so much more than that. Notice with me verse number 19, Colossians 1, For it pleased the Father that in Him, that is Jesus, that in Him should all fullness dwell. See that? Look at verse number 9 of Colossians 2. For in Him, that is Jesus, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. You see that? Jesus is all of the fullness of God in human flesh. We, we, we have an awesome Savior, folks. We have an awesome Savior. Not only is Jesus the fullness of God in human flesh, secondly, He is also the fullness of grace. Look back at John chapter 1 with me. Verse number 14 where it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and what else? That's who Jesus is. Jesus came and He, he was the grace of God extended to sinful 
undeserving man. That is who Jesus is. He is the fullness of grace. And listen, this is exactly what we have received in him. Look verse 16 again. And, and of his fullness, who is Jesus? He is the fullness of God in human flesh. He is the fullness of grace. Of his fullness have all we received. This is what we have received when we've received Jesus Christ as our Savior. We have received the fullness of God and we received the fullness of grace. We've received the fullness of God, first of all, living in us. Isn't that what happens when Jesus uh, comes into our hearts and lives? He comes to abide, to dwell, to live within us. Right? Look over at John chapter, tw uh, John chapter 14 with me. John chapter 14, uh, verse number... Um, let's pick up in verse number 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and make our abode in him. Jesus says, you know what, you believe upon me, we will come and, and make our home within you. We will come and live within you. All right, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive the fullness of God living in us. You see that? That makes sense. Not only do we receive the fullness of God living in us, we receive the fullness of God working through us. Right? How many of you know that as a believer, you are never alone? Amen? You, you never have to rely on your own strength, your own power, your own abilities, or your own inabilities. You have a higher power working in you and through you, and that is the fullness and the power of God. Isn't that what Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 13? He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. When Jesus was commissioning the disciples to go and tell the world uh, the, the, the gospel, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. He says, go and teach all nations. And then he says, and lo, I am with you always. Right? When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive the fullness of God living in us and working through us. Not only do we receive the fullness of God, because Jesus is not only the fullness of God, He's the fullness of grace. So when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive also the fullness of grace. Notice with me verse 16 again, John chapter 1, where... John writes, and of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. We have received grace upon grace, overflowing grace, abundant grace. That is what we receive 
when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. I found a really, really cool definition of the word grace as I was studying, and I, I wrote it down. Uh, it says, grace is the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. Isn't that a cool definition? There's a couple words I want to point out in that definition. The first word is free. Free means you can't buy it. Right? It's free. How many of you like free things? I love free things. It is actually my favorite price. It's free. Amen? I like free. And that's, that's what the grace of God is. Jesus paid the price in dying on the cross uh, so that we could receive and experience the fullness of His grace. For what price? How much does it cost you? What do you, what do you have to pay? It's free. It's free. You can't buy it. Secondly, it's unmerited, which means you cannot earn it. You cannot earn it. So many times people look at the Christian life as, well, I have to be good enough. Or I have to, to do all of these good things. And I have to, I have to be in church every Sunday. And, and, I, and, and those are good things, right? I'm all about being in church on Sunday. I, I'm the pastor. I, <laughs> I like everybody in church on Sunday. But listen, is me being in church, does that mean that, that, that I'm saved and that I've received Jesus Christ as my Savior? No. Does me living a good life uh, mean that I receive Jesus Christ as my Savior? No, you, you cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. It's a gift that is given for free. I gotta say, one of my favorite things about my birthday is that I get gifts. How many of you like gifts on your birthday? Let's say, Dad, you're now part of the sermon. Let's say I got you a gift on your birthday, and I say, Here, here's your gift, and you open it up, and you say, man, this is awesome, I love it. And I said, well, that's going to be $29.99. That, that wouldn't be a gift then, would it? First, I mean, I was a really cheap son. I got a really cheap gift. Um, but gifts are paid for by who? It's paid for by the one that is giving the gift, right? You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. It's a gift. And that is what the grace of God is. You see, Jesus came, again, as God's grace extended to sinful, undeserving man. And he says, here is my gift to you, you, you can't buy it. I already paid the price. You can't work for it or earn it because you could never ever be good enough. That's why I am giving it to you as a gift and now all that you have to do is do what? Receive it, right? All you have to do is receive it. It is the, the, the free and unmerited favor of God as manifested in the salvation of sinners and the bestowal of blessings. That's what we receive when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive the fullness of grace, first of all, that saves us. We are saved by His grace and by His grace alone. We receive the fullness of His grace to sustain us. Not only to sustain us as His child, but also to sustain us in all of life and all that we go through. The Bible teaches us that He holds us in the palm of His hand and He says that nobody is able to pluck you out of the palm of his hand, right? You can't run. <laughs> you can't hide. You're right there, okay? He gives you grace to save you, grace to sustain you. He gives you grace to empower and enable you to serve, all right? When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive the fullness 
of his grace. So why did Jesus come into this world? That's who Jesus is. He's the fullness of God in human flesh. He is the fullness of grace. Why did he come into this world? Notice with me verse number 17. He gave, he came again to give us the grace of God. Verse 17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. What is the law? What is the law? You go back Old Testament, it's all the do's and the don'ts, right? It's all the restrictions. The law was, was, was huge, right? They, they had dietary restrictions. They, they had traveling restrictions on the Sabbath day. Uh, they, they, they had feasts that they had to keep. They had sacrifices that they had to keep. So all of that was given by Moses, but it says that grace and truth came by whom? Grace and truth. You see, we are no longer under all of these restrictive do's and don'ts. You see, our faith in Christ is so much more than a list of rules and regulations that we have to keep, right? He came and He has shown us the grace of God, and that grace is freeing. That grace is what the Bible calls liberty, all right? As you walk down the road called liberty in Christ, on either side, uh, there, there, there's, there's legalism and there's, there, there's license, all right? On the side of legalism says, well, this freedom kind of scares us, so we're going to put all of these rules that you have to keep uh, that, that, that way, and they're man-made rules, they're not Bible rules. Um, that way it keeps you from going too far off the deep end. We're going to put all of these rules in place. And listen, that's wrong. That's not Bible. But on the other side, there's license. License says, well, I'm saved. I'm always saved. I may as well go do whatever I want. That's sin as well. Notice with me, go to Galatians with me. I love the way that Paul writes this. Galatians chapter 5. Oh man, this is an awesome verse. I might have to take my word for it. 5.13. Awesome. 5.13. For brethren, ye have been called unto what? What's liberty? It's freedom, right? You've been made free in Christ, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Listen, our freedom in Christ, we are free from, from sin, we, we are free uh, from the wrath of God, we are free from the condemnation of sin. But Paul says, don't, don't use that to go and live however you want, but rather use that liberty to serve each other and help each other, Right? So there's legalism which says do, do, don't, don't, all of these man-made rules, wrong, sinful. License says you can live however you want, you're saved anyway, wrong, sinful. Liberty says I'm made free in Jesus Christ by his grace. And now I want to live my life as, as an act of worship. I want to live my life saying, God, thank you for this liberty. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for making me your child. That's what liberty says okay Jesus came and he has freed us from the restrictive rules and regulations and we are now into the realm of liberty and freedom in Jesus Christ he came to show us to give us the grace of God secondly he came to show us the way to God notice with me verse number 18 no man hath seen God at any time how many have ever seen God John 1 verse 18 no man hath ever, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, 
he hath declared him. Jesus came to show us the way back to God. You see, when we couldn't get there ourselves, when, when, when our sins, when our failures, when our imperfections got in the way and we could not reach God, he sent his son to reach us and show us the way back to him. All right? John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We make things so complicated sometimes. And, and, and we, we, we clutter it up with, with all of these other things. But the way to God is not through me. Right? The way to God is not even through my church. The way to God is through Jesus Christ. By faith in Him and Him alone. Okay? Jesus came to show us the way to God. We must not forget that that is the ultimate reason why Jesus came to this world. You look at the life, the ministry of Jesus Christ, there were so many other things that he did. He, he, he healed uh, the, the sick, and he mended the broken, and he raised the dead, and he fed the hungry. And all of those were great things, but all of those were secondary to his main primary purpose, and that was to come to save sinners. Right? Jesus said that I am come to seek and to save that which was lost. Look over at Matthew chapter 1 with me. In verse number 21. So why did Jesus came? Well, look at his birth announcement. They ever send out birth announcements when babies are born? Pretty picture of a baby and, and sometimes with a scripture reference and, and, and maybe, you know, welcome to our world, so-and-so born. 10 pounds, 11, you know, 11 ounces. There, there are big babies out. None of ours were ever that big. Big babies are born. Um, this is what Jesus' birth announcement would have said. Verse 21, And he shall bring forth a son, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That is why Jesus came into the world. He came to bring salvation. He came to bring us back to God. Alright? Go back to John with me. John is painting this picture, this portrait, if you will, showing us who Jesus is. Showing us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Now showing us here why Jesus came. As we continue our study, John will begin to fill in through, through Jesus' teaching, through Jesus' miracles, uh, through different things that are said about him, through different things that he says. We'll continue to fill in the details of who Jesus is. Listen, my heart's desire is to know him more. All that I want in my life is to, just to be so close to him. To, to have a, a close personal relationship with him. To draw closer every single day. And we do that by, by, by looking at his life and applying what we find to our lives. But you can't have that personal relationship until you've met him. And the way that you meet him is by faith, by believing upon him as your Savior. If you've not done that, this, this, is not, this would be the prime 
opportunity to do that. To enter into a, a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That is why he came. Jesus is the fullness of God in human flesh. He is the fullness of grace. He is the grace of God extended to you and me, to sinful, undeserving humanity. Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for this time together. Father, thank you for this time in your word. Father, thank you for who you are. Lord, thank you for sending your son to reach us when we could not reach you. Father, as we have a time of invitation, Lord, I ask that you would move and work in each heart and each life. Lord, as you've spoken to our hearts, Lord, I pray that you'd give us grace and courage to respond. You've said that your word would would now return void. And when it goes forth, it will bring forth fruit. So, Lord, bring forth fruit in our lives. And, Lord, it's my prayer that you'd help each of us or to live in this liberty that you've given us. Lord, a life of worship and gratitude for who you are and all that you've done. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to attend our services, we are located at 44 Beebe Street in beautiful Lake Orion, Michigan. We meet on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and have Sunday school at 10 a.m. followed by worship service at 11. We look forward to meeting you.